Today's sermon is going to be looking at not only the first part of Proverbs with wisdom, but also the lady folly as well at the end of Proverbs chapter 9. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wisdom is calling. Do you hear her voice this morning? She is not loud like the woman folly who sends her call as well. Wisdom has built her house. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine and she has set her table. Wisdom is prepared. She has house and home ready for us, ready for all of her guests. She comes out to the porch and she calls us saying, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. In contrast, we have the woman folly. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive. And she knows nothing. She has not built her house. Instead, she sits at the door of wisdom's house. She sits at the door of wisdom's house and she takes a seat on the highest places of the town. This woman folly, she is sitting for the places that are only reserved for wisdom even though she knows nothing and has nothing to offer. She's prepared nothing for us, but that does not stop her from calling us. She says, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Wisdom and folly are both calling for us today. Wisdom tells us the word of Jesus, even when these words are hard to hear. Folly, she tells us only what we want to hear. If we want the good life, that's what she promises us. If we want diamonds, she tells us diamonds are what you deserve. She promises the perfect man who will satisfy your every need. If you desire a woman with golden locks and a model's figure, she says, I can give you that. This task is not too much for me. But we must remember, Folly's words are sugar water and they are stolen bread. Her words entice and they taste so good. But the pleasure of the sugar water and the stolen bread, they fade away all too fast. And all too quickly, the bitter aftertaste starts to appear. When we gorge ourselves on folly's promises, our stomachs, they rot and we find ourselves, body and soul, 
in the place where all of Folly's guests live. The Bible says the depths of the grave. Wisdom, in contrast, offers us Jesus, the bread of life, to all who receive her gifts. Jesus said, I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread, it is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus said that anyone who eats his bread, his body, will live forever. He gives his flesh for the life of the world. His death, your life. Our sins are so bad, and wisdom tells us the truth about this, that only God in his flesh can pay for them. I cannot pay for your sin, and you cannot pay for my sin. I can't even pay for my own. But God says, let me exchange your sin for my life. And in baptism, my sin washed right off of me and right on to him. Now the Jews who had heard Jesus did not want to heed his call of wisdom. They didn't believe that they were sinners in need of life-giving food. They did not want to eat the life-giving bread that is Jesus' flesh. Instead, they were falling for the seductive allure of folly. They craved her secret stolen bread and sweet sugar water. They wanted to believe that they could make it on their own and folly whispers, you can do it yourself. You don't need to be dependent on him. You're independent just like you think you are. They imagined that they were sinless or that the stuff they did wasn't that bad. And folly said, you're not that bad. Maybe a little imperfect, but it's nothing too big. And the Jews, encouraged by folly, began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this guy give us his flesh to eat anyways? To them, the wisdom of Jesus, it was pure foolishness. They did not realize that the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. The Jews were making up their mind to heed folly's reason over wisdom's truth. The Jews were making up their mind that they would get rid of this food that is Jesus. Do we listen to folly as she calls out to us? in our popular culture? Do we believe that she will give us everything that she promises, all the pleasure that she offers us, 
Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus is the bread of wisdom. If we do not eat this bread, we have no life in us. The world sends us the lie that everybody is right and all things are good. Wisdom disagrees and tells us that only one can pay for our sins. Wisdom says, leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And to follow him, it means dying to self and living by receiving him. Folly, on the other hand, offers us heaven without the weight, without the sacrifice, without denying yourself anything. You deserve it, Folly says. She tells you, you are fine just the way you are. You don't need anybody to save you. Everything that you need can be found right in here. However, wisdom tells us the hard truth about ourselves. She lets us know we are sinners, and because of that, we often desire things that are harmful to ourselves and harmful to each other. Wisdom also tells us the truth, that because of our sin. We deserve nothing but punishment, both here and eternally. That's not what we want to hear. We deserve to have the world, we think. But wisdom lets us know the hard truth. You've been given the world, but you've sinned against the one who gave it to you. And you've sinned against each other, trying to Grab a hold of a bigger piece of the pie. But the gospel offers another way. She proclaims, if we confess our sins, confess that we are in need, that we're hungry, God who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wisdom tells us the hard truth about where we are and who we are, but it also says it doesn't have to stay that way. Eat, be nourished, be changed. Wisdom calls us to the death of our foolish sins through confession, and it calls us to new life through absolution. Jesus continues, 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks of my blood abides in me, and I in him. Hold on to me. I am already holding on to you. Don't fight. Don't kick me away from you. Let me give you what you need. You're starving. Don't deny it. Eat. Drink. Be nourished. Wisdom lets us know that the only way to remain alive is to rest in Jesus. Jesus says that we abide in him by consuming him. How is that done? Let me just read a small part from the Lutheran Confessions. It says that this eating of Christ happens in two ways. First, there's a spiritual kind of eating, which Christ treats above, above all in John chapter 6. This occurs in no other way than with the spirit and faith in the proclamation of and meditation on the gospel, as well as in the supper. That means when we hear Christ's word, we eat through our ears, so to speak. The other kind of eating of Christ's body is oral or sacramental. When all who eat and drink the consecrated bread and wine in the supper receive and partake of the true, essential body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. When wisdom and folly both call out, called out to the many disciples following Jesus at the time of our gospel lesson, it was over 5,000 people. Imagine if our church was 5,000 people. Jesus gave one teaching And all of them but 12 said, this is too much. I'm done. I'm going to find another pastor. I'm going to find folly. Imagine after one sermon where, by God's grace, I was telling the correct word of God and all of you but 12 left. Jesus didn't chase them down and say, no, stay here, we need your tithe. (laughs) Right? He let them follow folly's allure. He wasn't going to teach something other than wisdom so that people would stay. It said, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? I'm more enlightened than this guy. This guy is God's rescue mission for the world. He is God in the flesh come to save us. And it says, after many, after this, this teaching, many of his disciples, they turned back, no longer walk with him. Many people, when confronted with wisdom's call, choose folly instead. Folly doesn't have any hard teachings. Whatever you want to hear, that's what she's going to tell you. And unfortunately, year after year, the church in America, it's getting smaller. 
Many are saying, this is a hard teaching. Who can listen to it? The number of Christians in the United States has decreased year by year for many years. And in the Missouri Synod, for the last 30 years, we've decreased. My prayer for all of us here is that we would hold on to wisdom by the power of the Holy Spirit the way that the Twelve did. For when Jesus turned back to the Twelve, he asked them this, Do you want to go away as well? And Peter answered by the power of the Holy Spirit with a word of wisdom, Lord, to whom shall we go? Even if I wanted to, where would I go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to know and believe that you are the Holy One of God. So we abide in Christ this morning. Even when the teaching's tough, There's no place else to go. But in Christ, we have everything. He created all the world. All the pleasures that the world tries to imitate, He gives them in their full. We want to hold on to Him no matter what. Anything else, it's just folly's imitation. Now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.